Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's start in verse 20. It says this, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the, everybody say this. Yes. No, we got to say it like you mean it. With the, yes. there we go. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. Come on, how many are glad that everything God promises, he stamps with a yes. Come on, healing with a yes. Forgiveness with a yes. Come on, this is good stuff right here. Every promise that God has promised, he stamps with a yes. And in him, this is what we preach, and this is what we pray. And the great amen. Come on. The Bible says we we preach to ourselves. Amen. Now watch this. I love this. This is where we're going today. God's and our together gloriously and evident. God affirms us making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his within us. Come on, this is good stuff here. He puts a yes inside of us, a yes inside of us. Uh, In April, I will be celebrating along with my wife 14 years of marriage. Uh, Yeah. I know, it's exciting. That's like in Hollywood, I'm like old, old. Uh, when it comes to marriage, and uh, we celebrate 14 years. I was thinking about this uh, today, just processing through this message and thinking about it, about the day that I proposed to my wife. Any guys in here remember the day you proposed to your wife? Remember that day, what that was like when you proposed to her? Remember you just all the anxiety and all the stuff inside? I, I proposed actually in front of Pastor Bo and Miss Tracy and, and the whole staff of our Savior's Church in Lafayette at that time. We went to a staff dinner, and uh, my plan was I was going to propose to her at this dinner. I didn't know that this dinner was a five-course dinner. <laughs> this is no lie. There was like appetizers and then like a second appetizer and then a salad and then a soup and then, how many of you know I couldn't eat jack? I couldn't eat anything. And not only on top of that did we have a five-course meal that took two hours for us to partake in this huge meal. Then Pastor Jacob decided we're going to sit around, all the staff, all 40 people are going to sit around, and we're going to have everybody go around the room and talk about what God did in their life that year. Well, I was not the first. I was the last. He went around and did everybody, all 40 people. So now this two hour has turned into like four and a half hours. I'm sweating. Um, Lindsay is freezing cold. So I take off my jacket. I give her my jacket, forgetting that on the inside of my jacket is the ring. So now my heart is like doubly pumping. And then all of a sudden, I'm cold. You need to give me my jacket back. (laughs) Come on, I mean, no. Go get somebody else's jacket. And finally gets to the moment where Pastor Jacob, Pastor Bubba, they all knew I was doing this. It wasn't a surprise. They, they, they were preparing all this. And so, of course, I'd take Lindsay's chair, spin her around, get on my knee, and, you know, go through the spiel of how much I love her, and I can't live without you, do the, all just the romantic things that a man says, and then finally get to the place where I'm like, Lindsay, Tally, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Tally, would you marry me? And then, and then I open up the ring, the ring box. You know, it's like everything's timed perfectly. And, and I'm waiting for, yes. yeah, y'all know the word. I'm waiting for, yes. And, and of course, what I get is, no. yes, yes. She, <laughs> she's got, she says she didn't do it, but... I have a videotape. Y'all want to see the video clip? No, I'm joking. All right. <laughs> I do have a video clip of it, though. 
So she, she looked at the ring and then committed, okay, the ring's good enough. Yes, I'll go through. So anyways, uh, that, is, that is the desire that every single man longs to hear for is that the woman of their dreams would say, yes, we, we long for that day. Um, I don't know if y'all saw this movie. It's, it's a little older, uh, probably maybe in the 90s or so. Y'all remember Jim Carrey uh, did a movie called Yes Man? Y'all remember that movie? The movie of Yes Man, it was, Jim Carrey was known. He played a character of a guy who always said no. No, he said no. He would always said no. A friend of his ended up inviting him to kind of like a church service. It was really more of a cult, but it was like a church service. <laughs> the guy was talking about the power of yes. And he ended up laying his hands on him and, and said, you know, whatever he did on him. And then he walked out of that. And then from that moment on, for the next year, he could only say yes. And, of course, he runs into a guy who's a beggar. The guy's begging him for money. And he's like, mm! and then he gives him everything that he has. And, and so he goes through this progression in his life of where now he's got to say yes to everything that he would say no to. And at the end of the movie, of course, he comes to this realization of what his life missed out on because so much of his life was no. That he realized that there were so many different things in his life that he was missing out on because he didn't say yes. And I think the, true, the same is true for us spiritually. Think about this. Before Jesus... Okay? When you were living your life all for yourself, living it for your own full pleasure, before Jesus, everything, you'll probably want to write this down, I think it's in your notes, everything that you said yes to, you should have said no, right? So before Jesus, everything that you said yes to, those things, you should have said no. Now think about this though. Now let's fast forward. You meet Jesus. Your life is is, is amazing. God's bringing freedom into your life. He's restoring things. And now after Jesus, everything that you should be saying no to, you sh- I mean, everything you're saying no to, you should be saying yes. So before Jesus, everything that we should be saying no to, we say yes to. And then now after Jesus, everything that we should be saying yes to, we say no. Isn't that crazy how that is? The things that we shouldn't have in our life, we say yes to it. And the things that God wants to give us, we say no to. Think about that for a minute. Before Christ, we had no problem saying yes. Yes, yes, yes. Then we get saved and we're like, no, 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 no. It's it's amazing how this happens in our lives. And so today I want to talk to you. The title of today is called Say Yes. What would it look like? If we were just to make a commitment to just say yes, because we never know what's on the other side of that yes. Jesus knows, but but we don't know what's on the other side of that yes. And for so much of our lives, we honestly say no to a lot of things. And what would it be like if maybe God is challenging you in a new season of your life, much like Jim Carrey, to start saying yes, yes, yes. I'm in. So I decided to write down a couple of things that I feel like, personally, as we read scripture, God wants us to say yes to. Four things, actually, if you want to kind of take some notes along with us. Four things I feel like God's wanting us to say, yes, yes, I'm in. Here's your first one. Joining God's family. I think God wants you to say yes to joining his family. 
to being all in in God's family. Everybody needs a my church. A lot of you around here sport the shirts that we have that say, I see them all throughout the, the worship center that say, I love my church. Because I believe that everybody needs to have a my church. Not just a church. Everybody needs to have a my church. And I believe that everybody should say yes to God's family. There's over 30 passages in the New Testament that you and I cannot obey outside of God's church. There's 30 things that God tells us that we are called to do that you can't do if you're not a part of God's church. But if you get part of God's church, you can begin to do these things. Let, let's look, a, look at a passage here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says this. It says, you. Everybody say you. You, you are, what's that word? Members. You're members of God's very own what? Family. Remember, church isn't a place you go to. It's a family you belong to. You are a member of God's family, his very own family. And you belong In God's household with every other Christian. So God's calling us not to just be attenders. He's not saying you are attenders of God's family. You're not spectators of God's family. He says, no, you're you're a member of God's family. You are, this is you. You're a part of God's family. You and I desire, we need to belong. Which, by the way, let me just say, it's okay to come and attend for a while. Because I know many of you, maybe you're brand new to church. I'm, I'm getting so many stories of people that are like, I hadn't stepped foot in a church in 20 years and I'm just coming and it's, it's all new. Maybe you're coming from a different type of church and so everything's just kind of new and you're trying to figure out kind of where things are and what we believe and what we do. And, and I understand all that and it's totally fine. I want you to hear, Pastor Bell and I would tell you all, all the time, it's totally cool to come and attend for a while and just get your bearings, but you can't stay there. You can't stay there. We want you to get plugged in and join God's family. Just like Lindsay and I, we dated for a while. You know, the thing about in the dating phase, you date, you go on a date, and then you drop them off at their house, and then you go home. And then guess what? Like, I live like a single bachelor life. But how many of you know I became a member when I said, I do? Come on, how many know it it just went to a whole nother? How many know membership has its perks? (laughs) Anyways, um, (laughs) for all those that aren't single, you don't know these perks, so you shouldn't know these perks. We'll talk about that in the marriage one. Um, Membership has its perks and its privileges. I'm a member. We're now members. We're two become one. But how many know it also has its responsibilities? It's got its responsibilities. And now when we join God's family, we not only just have the perks of it, we also have responsibilities. Now, I want you to hear me very clearly. I don't want you to attend this church. I want you to own this church. Amen. I want, hey, listen, these are your chairs. These are your chairs. That's your coffee that we drink out there. That, this is your kid's building. This is, this is ours. Y'all, y'all with me here? This isn't mine. This is ours. This is our stuff. So listen, you see trash on the ground? That's your, this is your house. Pick up that trash. And if it's your trash, pick up your trash. Okay, this is our house. I want you to own this house. That's why we put it, I, I love my church. This is my church. Don't you be talking about my church. That's my church. We want you to have a my church. This is what we believe God wants you to say yes to. 
So what do people want to know? Oftentimes, here's the things that people want to know all the time. People, this is the questions that we get. What do we believe? This is a question we, we get asked all the time. How do I belong? And how do we build? And the reason that we, we, you have those questions is because they're, they're valid questions. What do we believe? How do I belong? And, and how do we build? Can I tell you the answer for that is? In next step. You find out all those answers in next step. I'm so excited. Last weekend, we, we finished step four of Next Step. Just last month in January, we had 40 people join OSC family. Come on. 40. Wow. Powerful. And here's the really cool part. It starts back up Sunday. Step one. Back again. So if you haven't been through Next Step, say yes. Just say yes. Jump in. Get connected. Get, get a part of God's family. Don't just attend, but become a member. And listen, by the way, if it's not here at this church, no big deal. Get a church. Find a church. Get plugged into a church. We know we're not the 31 flavors. There's other flavors out there. That's totally fine. We just want you to be thriving and healthy spiritually. Can I get an amen? amen. So let's just say yes. Let's say yes. Here's number two. Second thing I feel like God tells us in his word, he wants us to say yes to, is to develop godly relationships. To develop godly relationships. You are where you are and who you are because of the people in your life. I'll say that again. You are where you are and who you are because of the people that are in your life. Your relationship decisions, I believe, are the most important decisions you'll make in life. Who will you allow to be in your life to be a voice into your life? You and I are the sum total of our relationships. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's, we see it all throughout scripture. Look with me in Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen. It says this, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown, now watch this, by the kind of friends he what? You and I. Get the choice on the type of people we're going to allow into our lives. And I believe God wants us to say yes to developing godly relationships. Now, does that that mean you can't have ungodly relationships? No. I mean, we're called to be a light. We're called to reach people. But, But people that influence you, people that speak into your life, people that encourage you, this is what God has called us to do. You and I need godly friends. And so you, you, here's the question. How do I know if I have godly friends? Well, after being around them, do they make you more godly? That's how you know. Do you leave, when you leave with them, do you leave encouraged? Do you leave loving Jesus more? Do you leave wanting to pursue Jesus more? Or, or when you leave them, you feel depressed. That's how you know the type of friends that you have in your life. And this was a New Testament pattern where we see this idea of doing life with people. Because church doesn't happen in sitting in rows facing forward. It happens in circles facing each other. I'm going to say that again. Church doesn't happen in rows facing forward. It happens in circles facing each other. You're not a part of a church if you just sit in a row and watch somebody speak. The church is a family that you belong to. It's a circle where you get around other people and you share life with one another. You share what you're going through. It's a place to let your hair down. Look what Hebrews chapter 10 says. That's if you have hair. Um, 
Hebrews 10.25, look at this, let us, this is speaking to all of us, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So there's a habit of not making church and church family and God relations a priority. Some people have that habit. It's not a big deal to them. And God is saying in his word in Hebrews that it should be a big deal. You need to make a habit of this. And here's the habit. But let us encourage who? One another. Let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So here's the secret to groups. We, we call them life groups here. Here's the secret to the life groups. The, the life group's secret is where you get to a place where you're comfortable, where you can feel free to share. Share what? The real you. Where you get to a place where you're comfortable to share the real you. Not the you that comes in on Sunday morning that's got it all together. The you that's on a Tuesday night that's going. <laughs> the you that's going, I, I almost punched my wife tonight. The you that says, I, I wanted to beat my kids. The you that said, I just cussed out my coworker. That's the, the come on. Oh, is that, that's not you? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. That's somebody else. Okay. Hey, that. But we all need a secret place where, where we can pull off the mask and say, this is really what's going on. We need to be able to show the real you, which, which hey, by the way, we all wear masks. We all wear those. It's, and it's okay at times. Listen, I'm not letting you in on all my junk. Pastor Bob and Miss Tracy are about the only ones that are in on that one. Listen, but it's only wrong if I don't have somebody to share that with. Y'all with me here? You've got to have somebody, somebody that's in your life. So, We've got to say yes to developing godly relationships. I know, and some of you are like, I don't want people all up in my business. Hey, by the way, I don't want to be up in your business either. <laughs> I really don't. But you need somebody in your life. Because here's the, listen, there's going to come a moment where you're in the hospital. And you're going to need some people. And T.D. Jakes ain't showing up. I'm sorry, Joel Osteen ain't showing up. None of those guys are showing up. You know who's going to show up? The people that you spend your life with, that you invest in, the godly relationships that you're around. And I could share, come on, I could share story after story after story of people in our church that have experienced the church. That is what the church looks like. When your house gets flooded and your own family doesn't show up and your church shows up and your life group shows up and guts your house, that's the church. Y'all with me here? That's developing relationships. Listen, you don't realize you need relationships usually till it's too late. And then you're like, why am I all alone? Nobody came and saw me at the hospital. Well, it's because you're not friendly. <laughs> and you have no friends. Can we speak frankly? The Bible says, he who wants friends must be friendly. Now, I understand it, it can be intimidating coming into a larger church and that's why we say, listen, as our church grows larger and larger and larger, we must grow smaller and smaller and smaller. You must, you must, you must get into these groups. And I'm very excited to tell you that in a week and a half, February 12th, we'll launch life groups. We'll launch opportunities for you to get connected. Maybe there's some of you in here that need to lead one. You've been a part of one, and now God is challenging you to lead one. You need to step out. Life groups are so easy. We take what you love to do and we make it a group. People are like, well, what about the curriculum and everything? Can I be honest with you? Curriculum's never changed anybody's life. Jesus does and people do. Curriculum's just the hook to get you in. You think you're going in to get your money fixed. 
what you're actually really getting in is you're getting in because you're going to get some relationships that are going to connect with you and, and help you walk through life. Y'all with me here? The curriculum's just to get you in it. I'm not con- so concerned about the curriculum. I want you to connect with God's people because those are going to be the people that walk with you through life. What if we just said, yes, I'm in. I'm in. Find me one. I w- I'm, I'm in. Here's number three is using your gifts. What if we just said to yes to using our gifts? Everybody in here has gifts, by the way. Everybody in here has skills, mad skills, nunchuck skills. No, I'm sorry. All right. Around here, we call this the dream team. You've heard us talk about it. You see shirts about it. This is when you go from being a consumer to a contributor. And this is where it honestly gets a whole lot of fun. You will never do anything significant in your life alone. Ever. And I'm going to show you a scripture. First Peter 4.10. It says this. God has given what? Each of you. Everybody in here. Everybody in here. From the youngest kid to the oldest person. God's given every single one of you a gift. A gift. And look what this. It says, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So God's got tons of gifts. He distributes them out to people differently. And then look what it says. And this is what he calls you and I to do now. So you got a gift. What do I do with it? Use it. Use the gift well to serve one another. So if I have a gift and I don't use it, I waste it. There's nothing worse than a wasted life that has done one of two things, either not use their gift or solely use their gift on themselves. And people do that all the time. They take what they love to do and they use it just to make them money and make them happy. And make, but how many know God's given you a gift, not just for yourself, but for other people? The gift God's given you actually was never just for you. It was for other people. God's given many gifts in this church. Over 560 gifts, because that's about how many people we have. God has gifts galore in every single one of you. And your gift may not be my gift. And it won't be. And my gift won't be your gift. We all have different gifts. This is what he says. He says to use them well. I had uh, text uh, Derek and Lindsay, who is a couple that comes to our church. Derek works for the sheriff's department. Uh, and Derek and Lindsay have been coming for a while. They're from Lake Arthur. Can I get a little what, what from Lake Arthur? Um, so they just had a baby. And, uh, and so I was messaging him this morning. We were seeing how he's doing and stuff. He said, man, I just want to tell you, thank you so much. And I was like, for what? (laughs) He said, man, all those people at the church that cooked for us was absolutely amazing. He said, I have a hard time really receiving that, but it was so awesome. And anybody in here that's had surgery or a baby and our cooking team has cooked for you, you say, God bless you and amen when they show up. And I'm going to tell you, it's amazing. And you know what it is? It's people that love to cook and they use it as a ministry to bless other people when they can't. You don't want me cooking for you. You're going to get cereal or a burnt Pop-Tart or something. That's not my gift. But it's some of yours. Thank God for you. We all have gifts. You got different gifts of what you can do. You need to discover that. You say, well, I don't know what my gift is. Next step. (laughs) Step three. We'll show you how to do it. We'll, We'll help you discover what your gifts are. The, the survey says that over 80% of people don't know what their gifts are. And if you don't know what your gift are, gifts are, you're not using them. 
So let's find out what they are. Let's, 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 let's see what it is. Let's, let's say yes. I've had people ask us, and uh, one of the big questions we get asked now is, as our church is growing is, how big do you think our church is going to be one day? You want to know the answer? I think I know the answer. Let's look actually in Matthew chapter 9, because actually Jesus gives us the answer. This is what he says. How big is our church going to be one day? You want to know? Matthew 9 verse 37 says, Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is what? Great. Great. But the workers are few. few. So here's, here's what he says. So pray. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. I love that God is not only in charge of those who are in the church, but he's also in charge of those who aren't in the church yet. He says, I want you to pray to, all, to, 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 to the Lord who is in charge of people who are lost. But here's what I want you to pray for. I don't want you to pray that just people would come to know Jesus. Here's what I want you to pray for. He says, pray and ask him to send more workers workers into his field. Heaven and hell are dependent on you and I saying yes. Heaven and hell are dependent on you and I saying yes. So how big is our church going to be? However many people we have on our dream team and life group leaders and people that are willing to serve and work and do the work of ministry, that's how big our church will be. Because God will continue to send people our way if we have enough leaders to care for all those people. Y'all with me? And the more people that step in and serve and work and join and serve and, and lead and pray and, and help and cook, and do, the more that grows, the bigger our church will be. And we want to continue to see you say, yes, I will use my gift. Here's my gifts. How can I use them? This is what God calls us to do. So here's the question that I have. Who's waiting for your yes? Think about that for a minute. Who is waiting for you to say yes? I look across this room and I see people that are here at this church because somebody invited them. And then I think back about how that person got here and how they said yes to Jesus and then how that opened the door for this person to say yes to Jesus, which opened, y'all see the domino effect? Come on, we're all here because somebody said yes. Pastor Bubba and Miss Tracy said yes to coming to Jennings. Come on, how many are so glad they said yes to that? Would have been, would have been so... Would have been so easy just to stay in Broussard and just stay in that church and just serve as an associate. I mean, that would have been easy. But to step out and get in this nasty, funky green van and travel all the way to Jennings and be in that Holiday Inn, which was nasty as well, and just love people and serve people and then go home and then do it again and go home and do it again. I'm thankful. I'm where I am because they said yes. I look at my life, I'm where I am because of a lot of different people that said yes in my life. And before me, who's waiting on you to say yes? Maybe it's your husband or wife or kids. Think about where, where would my kids be if I would just say yes, yes. Where would they be if I said no? I don't know. Fourth one and last, and we'll wrap it up, is... I believe more than anything, and I save, I save this for the last because I think it's the biggest one. Because if you'll say yes to this one, you'll say yes to all the other ones. Say yes to following Jesus. Say yes to following Jesus. Y'all remember the story of Matthew, the tax collector? It's also named Levi. He was a tax collector for the Romans, cheating people. 
the Bible said his only friends were sinners and prostitutes. Rough guy. Jesus shows up to his table one day, looks at him, says, Matthew, looks up and he says, follow me. He didn't tell him to clean up. He didn't tell him to quit doing taxes. All he said was, just follow me. That was it. And Matthew at that moment, like all the other 12 disciples, had the moment and the choice to say, yes or no. Thankfully, he said yes. His yes then led to Jesus saying, hey, let's go to your house. Invite all your friends. Ah, Jesus, you don't want to hang out with my friends. No, 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 invite your friends. Goes over to Jesus, Jesus goes over to his house and of course ends up encountering sinners, prostitutes, religious people come to Jesus and say, hey, he's, he's eating with all these people, how dare he? And that's when Jesus gives the, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. But think about that Jesus encountered those people only because Matthew said yes. Peter and John said yes. Apostle Paul, who was Saul, God comes to him and says, yes. We look all throughout the Old Testament of God telling Moses, go free my people. Moses gave every excuse that he could, but eventually he said, yes. We look through scripture, we see that there's this call that God gives us. He gives us the choice to follow him or not. And it's all revolving around this yes. And we take this next step. You know, I've been a pastor now for, well, we'll be going on 16, 17 years. And I see people, when it comes to a relationship with God, they try God. Like, let me try God. And they try, like, the church thing and try, try the God thing for a brief season of time. It may be a week. It may be a couple months. And then they, and then they, they fall away. And then you find them a couple of years later, and they're usually coming back, and usually their life's just crazy. And they say, man, what happened? They say, well, I tried all that God stuff. It just didn't really work for me. And I thought, you know what? You don't try God like you try ice cream. Like, it don't work that way. Like, you either say yes and go all in, or you don't. There's something in Scripture that talks about being lukewarm a little bit. It says you're either hot or cold. There's no in the middle. It's either yes or it's no. I'm challenging us today just to just put our yes in. What, if, what would it be like if we just said yes before he even asked the question? We just say, God, we wake up every morning and just go, God, yes. Now, what you asking me? How do you know that's a little scary? It's like signing a blank check and not knowing what he's going to fill in on that one. Yes, God, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. You're not going to do anything successful in life unless you give it your all. And I want to end with this last verse, Jeremiah 29, 13. <laughs> look at this verse. If you look for me, now what's that word? Wholeheartedly. Yes, all in. I am all in. If you look for me wholeheartedly, I'm here, God. You will find me. I pray 2017 would be the year you go all in. You stop saying no to the things you should be saying yes to, and you start saying yes to the things that you used to say no to. This is what we do. We say yes. Amen. God, I'm all in. Yes. 
Yes to your church family. Yes to developing godly relationships. Yes to using my gifts. And yes to following Jesus. Yes. The answer is yes. What do you want me to do? Yes. 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 Let's stop saying no. Let's start saying yes. Can I get an amen on somebody? Yes. And I know there's hesitation, but that's what faith is. Faith is us stepping out and saying yes, even when we don't know what the yes entails. I know I'm saying yes. I don't, what am I getting myself into? Doesn't matter. Trust God. And I say this all the time. Give us one year. Say yes to everything this year. Get in a next, get a next step. Get in a life group. Get connected. Get on a dream team. Maybe get water baptized. Maybe some of you haven't been baptized. Baptisms this Sunday. Say yes. Get in. Get baptized. Just say yes. Do it for one year. And come back to me after the end of the year and, and tell me what it has been like. I promise you. Your, your life will change forever. I promise you. You have to trust us. We've been doing this for a long time. We see that when we say yes to God, hey, can I remind you of what this verse says? When God's yes and our yes is together, it is gloriously evident. Come on, God's already said yes. You know what he's waiting on? You to say yes. God's already at yes, yes, yes. Come on, yes. And he's just waiting for you and I to say, all right, God, I'm in. I'm in. You know what? By the way, that's salvation. God already forgave you. He's just waiting for you to accept it. God, I, I receive. I surrender my life to you. That's, that's yes. That's a yes. You should have received a connect card when you walked in as well. And I want to walk you through just the next step that we're going to do together as a church. If you didn't get a next step, there, uh, I mean, a connect card, there should be one kind of in the seat pockets around you. Um, you're going to see on our connect cards, there's, there's a place for you. And this is where I want, it, want us just to be extremely practical here. It's at the very bottom of this card, and you've probably seen it, and you just kind of bypass it, is a place that says, I am interested in. And there's another one that says, today I've made a decision. But I, I want to focus in on the I'm interested in. I'm, I'm interested in. And you're going to see, these are all areas where you can say yes. Maybe it's, yes, I want to become a member. Yes, I want to get in next step. Yes, I want to get baptized this Sunday. Yes, I want to be in a life group. Yes, I want to lead one. I want you, you didn't just put your name and a phone number or an email or whatever. You don't have to give address and all that stuff. But I want you to check off, what do you feel the Holy Spirit right now is telling you that you need to say yes to, that you've been saying no to for a long time? What is it that he's saying, you need to say yes? You need to say yes. So right now, heads bowed. Father, God, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and speak. God, there's areas of our lives where we've said no, we've said no, we've said no. And today I believe, God, you want us to say yes, yes, yes. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal, you would show up, that you would speak. God, we surrender it all. We give it all to you. God, we thank you, Lord, that 2017 is going to be a year where there's no more no's. God, we're going to say yes. If you've already said yes, your promise is yes, then we say yes. God, I pray that that would mark us, that we would be seen as people who say, Jesus, I'm following you. No matter where it takes me, I'm following you. God, I thank you, Lord, for every person that's in this room. God, I pray that, Lord, that you would speak to them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.